one, two, three, four. If you seek, you will find. If you look hard enough, this is a podcast about pursuing wholeness. Come on, Sean. If you seek, (laughs) you will find. If you look. You how long did how long did it take you to plan that one? About five minutes. <laughs> you kind of had a little vibrato. What did you say? Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously we need an intro song, but this is pursuing wholeness with your host Veronica and Sean. And Veronica's up to her usual shenanigans, just trying to you know gets break the ice anyway so sean um wanted to ask you when i say the word community what does that bring to mind for you veronica that's what it brings to mind it brings you to mind what does community have to do with me for those of you i mean most listeners unless you kind of know us you won't know what i mean but um when my wife and i started to date almost 10 years ago now um um, I began to, at some point, refer to her as Veronica Community McClendon, because we're well, not McClendon when we were dating. She wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't. We weren't married then. But anyhow, <clears throat> she was very big on community, and um, I mean, unlike anybody that I knew. But I. But without going on a tangent, I will answer your question. Maybe this will come up further down into this episode. Um, but anyway, whenever I think about the word community, the very first thing that comes to my mind is like a neighborhood. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, mm-hmm. just like a general neighborhood. But then I just kind of think about people who know each other, um, <clears throat> not just like a just like a wave kind of. I mean, it might be like on a, just a wave kind of basis or whatever, but also people who know each other and who really are kind of like almost like a extended family so to speak Mm. in a neighborhood in a community i guess on a nutshell that's what i think about you know it's interesting like when you introduced it in terms of like seeing the neighborhood it's like instantly my mind started to kind of build it out a little bit more it's like at first i just saw like you know uniform looking um suburban plots with houses that you know look relatively similar but then i started to see the people kind of pop up and then I started seeing them See the, moving around. Yeah. and so I maybe saw some kids running across some of the yards, chasing each other through yards and stuff. Yeah, and, you know, maybe some, some lady on the stoop either uh, yelling at them, you know, telling them, you know, they need to be careful when they're crossing the road or, mm-hmm. um, you know, an older gentleman that they go and talk to and, and he give them a little word of advice or encouragement or tease maybe them a give, little bit. Maybe getting a little peppermint. little peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just having, like, people that you trust like that. And, you know, you might see a group of moms talking and, you know, just kind of, you know, just whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's, having I that sister, sister talk. I guess it's you, <laughs> as girl, you German. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, if y'all only knew how Sean be talking about us Especially if it's a black woman, Sean has these, these stereotypical images of us. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I, my mind, I mean, like Sean said, you know, I'm real big on community. So like my mind started to paint the perfect ideal community in my mind. Um, 
I guess for me it would be like a, a place where people are interdependent on each other. And it's not about me, but it's about we. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, you know, one thing that we I I can't remember remember if we we have referred to it. If we referred to this in the last podcast, I don't know why we would have, but <clears throat> I think when we crossroads, we referred to it. The quote from um our pastor, Pastor Dominique Johnson, where he said, um, that and hopefully I'm not going too deep since we're just kind of building the case, so to speak. <laughs> but he he made some he said something to the effect of essentially the level of community that we will experience essentially depends on how much we're willing to sacrifice. And um, I know when he had said that, I, I had never thought about it. I had never thought about that like that, but I thought it was a really, really good quote, mm-hmm. really, really good quote. And it's like the more I think about it even, you know, it's like, yeah, that's really, really true. It's really true. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's like because if you don't make the sacrifice, if it's more so about what's comfortable for me or what I want or just taking care of my needs, you don't have true community. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like there is a sacrifice that's required because you're not just looking out for yourself. You're looking out for the others who are around you. And I, I do want to say that, um, you know, going to the definition of community I know a lot of people probably say, well, you don't have to be in the same place to have community. And I think that is true. You can have an online community. You can have a a church family that is spread out around the city. I definitely believe that's possible. But for Sean and I, there's something that is actually special about being in the same place as well. Yeah. Yeah. Being with people who y'all kind of, y'all going in the same direction. Y'all have a shared value system. And y'all in the same place. And I think about this, um, you know, as a parent, I just really desire to be able to send our kids out to play and trust that they're going to be fine. But we don't really live in a place where we have that true sense of community. Like there might be one or two people who I think will look out and make sure that they're okay. But for the most part, most people not even outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't ever really come outside. Well, people have been coming out a little more now since we're in the midst of this pandemic. Right. But um, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of people are just in their houses, and and there's not really a lot of kids around here either. Yeah. So not really, just very much spread out, like further corners of the neighborhood. Yeah, it's like here and there you'll see a few kids, but it's not where we'll send our six year old. Just walk down the street. <laughs> not no not right now. Not um, but mm-hmm. um, but yes, yeah, there's something about that, and it's something like you know, people might wonder why why do a whole podcast episode about community because it's it's just like something that we long for, mm-hmm. like a true sense of community. We do have elements of it. I won't act like it's just not there. We have it with our meet our our I guess our extended family, our previous immediate families. We have some level of it with our church and it's there, but like it's still, there's still a certain level of it that we desire perhaps even to see go deeper. Mm-hmm. I know to illustrate it for me, I can um, think about a couple of different things. So like I said, um, <clears throat> when Veronica and I got together, um, I noticed that this, 
this uh community this concept of community was very very important to her i mean not to say it wasn't important to me but i had never thought about it so much as a specific concept but my wife um then girlfriend was or depending on what you're talking about mm-hmm. you know just we were just talking at some point but she was very um involved in this this thing that happened at our school mercy university called um um building building a beloved community right mm-hmm. building a beloved community symposium right and she was like i think when we were i didn't really hear about it when we were, when i was an undergrad she might have been the only undergrad in the whole school who was going to this thing aside from the professors and really it was like that it was like as far as voluntarily going i probably was one of very few a lot of students would come at the 10 o'clock hour when their professors required it but as far as like being up in there in the little small group workshops (laughs) usually i was the only student in there yep yep and then um when we started to talk she gave me this book by a man by the name of john perkins some of you may dr john perkins some of you may know or have heard of him um he's in um the mississippi area and is very um you know very well known you know in in regards to like civil rights and community work in mm-hmm. mississippi and racial reconciliation yeah. that was like his main well it still is a big thing for him um like a main thing but also like the community development mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she gave me we when we started to talk she gave me this book you know by him and asked me essentially to read it and just see, she wanted to know what I thought about it. So it's like, huh, this is a test. This is a test. You know, when you start talking to somebody and they give you a book. And I, we weren't even like, <laughs> yeah, we couldn't we even say that we were talking. I don't know what I was thinking. Cause this was like the second time, this is like the first time we met up outside of like school oh. and it was a group setting. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact day when you gave it to me, but I do remember you gave it to me. It was that day Derek came and recorded. Um, oh, I need, I thing. need things. So mm-hmm. like, that was super early. <laughs> yep. So she was kind of wanting to see what I thought about that. I think, like I said, it was a test, a very, very early test to kind of see what I thought. And it, it was some stuff in there that was pretty, pretty heavy for me. Like, you know, like the concept essentially of, you know, moving, moving into a community, you know, to, to become part of and to help rebuild it and things like that. And I won't yeah. go into all the details. Um, like it, it usually would be a, um, I guess like a low income, um, under-resourced community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it? Under-invested. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the PC words for it, but mm-hmm. the hood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so anyway, um, saying all that to say, um, you know, so we've talked about this stuff a lot and I've kind of like had my own personal longings as well. And what, what we think about, what I think about when I think about what community really could look like, I think about two things. One of them is when I was, when we would go visit my grandparents in South Carolina. Oh yeah. Yeah. So my grandparents are actually older grandparents. Um, so when I was a kid, like single digits, they were in their seventies and they lived in this, um, on this street does it had a cul-de-sac at the end, a lot of other older people there. Um, and you know, it was like everybody, my grandparents' house was the place where they had a little porch and 
um, you know, they would leave. They had a screen door, too. And, and when we're sitting inside the house during the day, the door would be open. So that it was just a screen door. And so periodically, these various old people would come and knock on the on the screen and then grandma come on in, you know, and then um, they come and sit in the chair in the living room and, oh, that's what the McClendon, the McClendon boys, look at them all growing up, you know, see me and my brothers there and they just talk and sometimes my grandparents go sit out on the porch. We go out and get some of these old rusty bikes in my, my granddad's um, backyard and riding the cul-de-sac with, you know, some of the other kids who were there and, people just constantly coming and going. Everybody knew each other, you know, Mr. Meso across the street with, um, whenever we came into town, he knew, of course he knew my mom when she was little and she, he knew that my mom liked his potato salad. <laughs> so he would often come and bring a thing of a potato salad. And he always, he had this, um, this, uh, pipe. He always had this pipe in his mouth and it had this sweet smelling, I guess tobacco or something right there. It's, it's like the Mr. You Mason. You some of that? No, I didn't, I didn't really want it, but it was like, it was that characteristic thing with Mr. Mason. Gosh, I miss him. But anyway, he, um, that was him. And, and you had, you know, some of um, Miss uh, Doris on the, on the, um, one of the neighbors on the side. Anyway, you kind of see, you kind of <laughs> see, see the, the impact of community that it had, <laughs> that, that impact <laughs> that it had on Sean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think about. You know, it's like, that was very um you don't see that you don't mm-hmm. see that not as not as much yeah at least not as much Espe- yeah. especially in i would say like middle income it seems like the more affluent the neighborhood is the less community perhaps and i mean sorry if you're in like a an affluent we're not like an affluent neighborhood but no. if you're in an affluent neighborhood and y'all got like a strong sense of community we're not judging or anything but just right. based on our own observations and experience like even me growing up like we had a strong sense of community it still wasn't to the level that um the level of interdependence that i think of now but it was pretty close like we had people that if anything happened that my parents could take us to their house and we could be there and they'll know we were safe Mm -hmm. or um you know if you went to somebody's house you didn't have to you know, that you knew you could just go there and, and if anything was uh, an issue happened and, and, you know, community would come together and we'll work on it, like the parents would, would deal with it. So we had an element of that growing up too. Um, and I mean, but part of it for us is that our, my aunt and uncle lived down the street. So it's, it's like they, they were like real strong part of our community. And then the people next door to them, they were like, I think that my aunt and uncle knew them even when they lived in Louisiana. So it's like some of that aspect of community came from the fact that we all had common roots, um, which is a big part of it too. It's like, you kind of have to have something that links you together, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's your, um, your his your history, like where you come from or your faith. Uh, mm-hmm. like, and not even just like, we're all like Christians or we're all, you know, whatever, but it's like, um, you you're you're like you have like a common like maybe you're from the same church or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which segues me into the other example that I had, the church. So we're Christian, and one thing that you know, oh yeah, a story that you know heard many many times over the years in mm-hmm. church and whatnot. It's a story of the church in Acts chapter three. I want to say. Oh. 
Yeah, maybe the end of two going into three. Right, the end of chapter two going into three. So yeah, it, it might have been more so chapter two. But anyhow, in you know in that book, it talks about the you know the the first church after Jesus had risen from the dead after the Holy Spirit had come down, and then you know there was this amazing conversion of several thousand people. And anyway, the Bible talks about how. All of these people, they live in, a com- in community. It says specifically that they had everything in common, that they shared meals with each other. They, you know, they broke bread and worshiped together. Um, if anybody had need, people who had land would sell their land and then give the proceeds, you know, to the group so that whichever persons had need, they had their stuff taken care of. You know, and it was just very much living together. Everybody kind of was like working together to support the welfare of each other. And, um, you know, that's always been something, especially as I've, got, as I've gotten older, always been very amazing to me. It's always something that just makes me really stop and think like, what was that like? What would that be like now? Right. But to be honest, I really feel like even I feel like a lot of us, want it or at least think that we want it but i think that the truth be told i think a lot of us are scared right to right. kind of go to that level of community because to you know we really we really we haven't seen that right we haven't seen that right because i mean we're very individualistic in our society and it's it's like okay i got what i got because i earned it and i don't have to share with you mm-hmm. um and if i choose to give you some i'll give you out of my extreme abundance (laughs) i'm not gonna give you out of my you know even like just above what i had what i need or even like i'm i'm definitely not cutting into my needs to meet your needs and Mm -hmm. um so it's like we're just a very individualistic society where everybody is is expected to work hard and um obtain what they need for themselves and that's you know, like uh, I was reading something the other day. It's like a very puritanical um, approach to looking at life. It's like, you know, work hard and, and you know, just kind of provide for yourself. But um, us, I would say, particularly as um, people who are descendants of Africans, like that's culturally not how our ancestors operated. Right. They, like, um, we had, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, but we had a, a speaker at the Urban Leadership Academy that's offered by the um, Urban um, CEO program here in Macon. Um, I, I day. Um, I can't remember. It's like it almost came to me. But he he said um, he he was just talk. I mean, <laughs> man, that class it was it's amazing. It's like everybody in there is African American and or black, however you want to say. It. And um, um he was talking about like African culture and like the way that the community operated. And I mean, the cl- it was like going to church and like the Holy spirit moving. Cause I mean, people are just like touched deeply. Like mm-hmm. we want that. We, we want that. What, why don't we have that? I mean, it, it that class to me was yeah, like, I felt a lump in my throat. yeah, it's like, that the all the classes were excellent, but that one, I felt the spirit in it. Cause it's just like, you felt, that pool, like I desire this thing. Mm-hmm. But he said that there's an African, um, maybe West African belief that's like without no you, there's no me or something like that. 
where it's like basically we need each other to thrive. I cannot even be my full complete self unless I have you. Mm-hmm. And that is so un-American. But like right, right. it's it's so powerful because mm-hmm. then you have to reach out to your neighbor. You have to make sure they have everything they need because you know that if they fall, you fall too. Mm-hmm. But we just don't have that here in our society. And mm-hmm. I, I see us suffering from it. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are suffering high levels of depression, loneliness. And then we see it particularly during this pandemic mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. people are just lonely because mm-hmm. you can't even go to you know, the random places like the mall or something and sit on the bench and watch people because it's you're not supposed to be out like that. So you at home by yourself. Yeah. And sometimes it's to the point where, like, since we don't have our regular check-ins, people can be at home by themselves suffering in great need and we wouldn't even know unless they told us. Right. And, and then, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and then a lot of times we don't tell each other mm-hmm. because of this perception mm-hmm. that we must be, you know, made of steel. That right. we, we have to be extremely tough. Like we just take it. We just take it, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Right. You know, and that's and the it's, common it's just, greeting. Exactly. And this is total falsehood. It's not, it's not true. And it's not, we're not made, we're not made to be like that. You know, we're just not made to be, but again, we're encouraged to be. It's like, you know, essentially, you know, you're supposed to um, like they was the the watch, the slogan for the watch: take a licking and keep on ticking. You're <laughs> supposed to just, just, just take it and just like I'm strong, I'm strong. You know, just like um, it kind of makes me think about a lot of these commercials for these different health and fitness things. You know, like the um, the bike, the Peloton bikes and stuff where it just shows this person just pedaling, pedaling hard. And we admire that so much. We just admire admire toughness and just... Grinding. Yeah, exactly. The grind, the grind, the grind, the grind. And, and, um... But the thing is, we kind of start to, like, really miss out on what makes us human. We're not... We end up kind of stepping outside of our humanity because we're Mm -hmm. not really living together. We're not helping to bear each other's, you know, burdens and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. and we're just simply not made like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me how the Bible talks about not worrying about anything. And the reason why um, Jesus told us not to worry about um, anything, but in everything, you know, bring, you know, present our request to God. is because we're not God, like God can, quote, worry about things, but we weren't created to do that. So essentially, when we do that we're kind of like almost kind of walking in. We're almost trying to be like God when mm-hmm. you really think about it. You know, we're, we're taking on all this stuff and that's why we get sick when we worry. That's why we get sick because we're, we're, we're um taking on too much stuff. So what's, what's your thought? I don't know. It's like, for what? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why are we doing that? What does it really prove? What is What do we really gain from individualism and I'm just about me and I'm on the grind and I'm doing my thing. Like what, what do we really get from it? Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I'm just over it. I don't have time for it or a desire for it. It's like, okay, if y'all want to do that, y'all can have it. But I'm just, I desire more interdependence and not to the point where people are lazy. You know, everybody's working hard because we know that if we work together, 
then we all are going to be better. Right. You know, um, one thing I thought about, I thought I was thinking about it yesterday and it just came to my mind just now, how we throw people away. We mm. kind of have people that we deem mm. just, you know, unacceptable. unacceptable or they just, they don't have the skills. They don't have the experience. They don't have these different things that we think of as being valuable. And then we just throw them away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about how this is kind of different, but um, community, true community allows people to have a place even if they typically don't have a place like I I guess just to give an example I was talking to a woman um who who she's always reaching out to me like every day to kind of tell me how things are going with her day and um the the good things the bad things she just does that on her own and I was encouraging her. Well, I didn't encourage her because it's just a different time. But I was like, you really need community. You need a place where everybody knows your name. Um, I didn't say that. But it's like we all need a place where people are looking for us. Or they know that such and such is usually here. She's not here. What's going on? Let me check on her. Of course, with this um pandemic is a little harder even though it's not impossible we just have to be more creative on how to create those spaces but it's like you have to have a place that's already set up to go into because Mm -hmm. there's some people who just are not connected but we need to create spaces where even if you're not connected here's a place for you to be um Mm -hmm. there's something that just i think about a lot because there's so many people who just feel like they don't have a purpose. They're not valuable. Their lives are not worth anything because they're not plugged in. They're just on the outskirts and there's nobody checking for them. And it's like, we just got to stop. We got to, that can't be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you were saying that, you were also making me think about the impact of, um, that community could have on kids. You know, one thing that, um, you know, we've been doing this book club thing with our church and um, we're reading this book and it was kind of reminding me of the fact that um, one of the things that has really kind of affected our black community is the fact that, you know, when mm-hmm. desegregation happened, you know, our communities kind of got broken up a bit. Yeah, they did. They did because, you know, because, I mean, in the effort to to get more fair opportunities, you know, um, once desegregation happened, a lot of us were able to go and get those other jobs and we were mm-hmm. able to move in those other neighborhoods. But, you know, not everybody was able to move. Or desired. Or even anything. desired to move per se. But what happened was a lot of the you know, a lot of role models, a lot of, um, just a lot of, just a lot of the, um, the professionals, yeah, the professionals, teachers, right. The people who like even teachers, like your teachers used to live in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So a lot of that stuff just kind of, a lot of those people moved away and this is a, is a, a void left there, a separation in the black community and a void, you know, that really affected everybody. I mean, including kids, you know, a lot of times, 
a lot of, you know, and I won't get into this too much, but, you know, in light of everything going on in our country right now, I just kind of like really thinking about how a lot of people like to just really kind of point to the black community and talk about just the bad crime and this and that and all this kind of stuff. And the, the way the buildings look and the overgrown lots and the trash and the drugs. and the- Right, right. All that, you know, they like to talk about that stuff. But, but the thing is, it's like it has a cause. And mm-hmm. it's because our community is being messed up. A lot of these kids haven't had, you know, good role models necessarily around them a lot. And mm-hmm. so they kind of like... They they you know they're putting their energy into something you know it's like they almost I mean you know what what else are they going to do mm-hmm. you know but anyway it's like this is like a direct effect of like you know our communities being broken up even as even as the black community has sought to kind of like make things better it's like it's so multi layered and everything I, like mm-hmm. I said I don't really want to get into it that too much with this one but just illustrating just a bad effect of broken community, you know, on the kids who don't get to see as much, you know, um, you know, um, what am like I a diversity. Of, right. That's what I was going to use that word. Yeah. Mm-hmm, a diversity of professions, a diversity of incomes, a diversity of backgrounds of everything. Like you, you see less and less of that as people, get to move out to the quote more desirable neighborhoods and I kind of roll my eyes because really I mean ain't nothing wrong but it's like really like the more white neighborhoods Mm -hmm. but um it's sad that desirability is based on that yeah when those communities that we come (laughs) we come from it's like I wasn't really there but I guess they were predominantly African-American communities they were thriving and doing well um when they had all of the key people there but when you pull people out and not saying that everybody who's left behind just wasn't you know a good role model or anything but you had a variety and Mm -hmm. it's it's like that that does something to the community and we we also know that there are other issues that have affected the um, predominantly african-american communities like building highways through them and splitting them in half and people planting drugs in them and mm-hmm. um, extreme police policing and things like that. So there's a lot mm-hmm. divestment of schools, but mm-hmm. like, um, like this is not just about like community and African-American uh, communities, but yeah, it no kind of no is doubt. like something that's on our heart mm-hmm. um, because um, it's like, if we don't take care of our people, then who will? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's something that's very heavy on our hearts. Like, okay, what is the solution for seeing black communities transform? And I really believe that it is black people coming together and deciding that we're going to take ownership over our education, over our our um what the neighborhood looks like and all that stuff. Like really saying that it's our mm-hmm. thing that we need to do. Because, you know, just being honest, nobody's going to care like us. That's right. And if we don't care, then nobody's going to care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's, that has to, that has to be, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I was trying to say. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, and to follow right up with that, so it's like the big question is, what are we willing to do? Mm-hmm. You know, even me talking about this, you know, with you, you know, on the podcast right now, it's like I know that I have some level of hesitation because you know you like to be comfortable, you like to kind of have your you like to have your space, you know, especially me. I'm kind of an introverted type person. So I really like to have my space in my home body. I like to be home and all that. But anyhow, you like your, you like your thing. You like your, your little contained life or whatever you call it. But again, going back to what Pastor Dominic Johnson said, you know, the level of community, you know, we, we know that all these things can happen. But the level of community that we'll experience, you know, is essentially um, it it depends on how much we're willing to sacrifice. So that means me, Veronica, you listening um, and your friends. It means all of us being willing to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going I'm willing to inconvenience myself a little bit um, so that. The whole can be better. You know, I kind of think about the whole concept of cooperative economics. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That could be my second middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Community Cooperative Economics McClendon. (laughs) Yeah, cooperative economics where essentially people come together and pull their their financial resources to kind of help each other to, you know, open businesses to mm-hmm. purchase um homes maybe um different things like buy that land. buy land or even just um having a um anyway i want you to say what you're saying about it but yeah i mean all i was really going to say is just that again you know it's like there's some sacrifice in there you know mm-hmm. oh yeah there's some sacrifice okay i'm literally going to give up some of my stuff so that somebody to move somebody else forward eventually it's going to come back to me mm-hmm. you know because it is an investment but i'm willing to give something up you know that's the thing it's like that 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 you know i kind of think about like double dutch whenever you know the, the, the two people is turning i'm turning the ropes and you kind of like trying to like figure out when to jump <laughs> in you kind of you know and then you finally kind of run in there you know and just hope, take your chance right take your chance i think that's where a lot of us are and if you if you're not there, I hope that you know listening has kind of like maybe push you a little bit more so to the um, double dutch ropes. At least spark something in your heart, right? Because y'all, we need this stuff, man. We need this stuff in a day and age where our society is not only more divided than ever, but we're being encouraged to be more divided than ever by our leadership. Yeah, by by our leadership, we're encouraged to do that, which is well, anyway. So, you know, we live in a society where like the use of, you know, medication for depression, all that kind of stuff is at like an incredible high, you know, and, um, you know, we just live in a society that I think is really kind of like aching and longing for us to come together. Not, not, not so much on Facebook or Snapchat or, or Instagram or whatever, cause that stuff is cool, but it's not, it ain't the same as like real people. You know, right? You know, but I think I think we our belief is that society is really kind of like, or the world is really. 
American society. I don't really know as much about the rest of the world, but I know American society has really shown that it needs people who are willing to kind of sacrifice their stuff a little bit and not be so individualistic so that we can kind of like band together and really help each other, you know, live with each other, just kind of like bear with each other, you know, and then especially as Christians, you know, it's like we talk about the Acts church all the time. Yeah, it's like something, it's like one of those um, bygone things. Like, that was nice. Right, We'll right, never right, be right, able right. to get it again. That's like the, the unspoken part. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, I don't think that, um, I mean, I think there are some things in the Bible that we don't really treat that way. But then for some reason, we treat this whole community thing that way. Like, oh, man, man, that, that must have been amazing. Or we don't even consider that for ourselves. Right. It's like it's so foreign to us that we right. feel like, you know, it's not really possible. Um, but, yes, yeah, you know, I think when you talked about it being something we need, I think I personally think that in this COVID era, that community is critical and it's weird because cr- community is almost antithetical antithetical mm-hmm. <laughs> to um, preventing the spread of COVID, but it's essential. And I, I believe that it's possible we'll get to a point where it's going to be essential for survival for us to be interdependent. And I know it's a little debate on that in the McClendon household, but like, I really believe that, we're going to have to band together with others even more than ever if we're going to even survive. Um, I won't say I believe that, but I would say I believe there's a strong possibility and we got to at least have stuff set up for it. Otherwise, you know, I, like I keep saying, I don't want to be caught slipping. I don't want to just be like, oh, uh, uh, let me call so-and-so and see if they got some beans. I, uh. Uh, you know, like we need to already know, okay, you got this, you got that, you got this, you got that. This is how we're going to operate in case we have to do this thing on our own for a little while. Um, so that's some of Veronica's, um, you know, views is a little on the edge of the McClendon philosophy, but, um, did want to say that. And I also, you know, I know you're saying that we got to be willing to have a part two if that's needed. Um, if we're getting too long, and I was thinking that for part two, we probably could talk about um, why and is it worth it? Because, you know, we've been talking a lot about what we believe is that why we that we need to do community and that it's important. But I'm sure that there's still some people who are like, but why would I give up? Why would I make that sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Why would I give up what I have now in order to attain this thing that y'all say is better right like why is it right and even to be honest like what's in it for for you (laughs) for you (laughs) yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. then even like even i don't know how deep we go but even weighing out their pros and cons you talked about cooperative economics to me the opposite of that is competition and i had a a little incident where i was talking with um some other african-american um estate planning attorneys and um, I said something like, I know that we're kind of competing with each other. And that was like totally not acceptable. No, I won't say it wasn't acceptable. It wasn't like that. But the the consensus was clear that we're, we don't have to compete. We can help each other. We don't have to be competitive against each other. Like, because there's enough for everybody out there. Right. But that takes a level of sacrifice as well to really believe that I may not have the most but that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I have enough, 
mm-hmm. then I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, shoot. I mean, that's that's a you can get into a whole another podcast with that right there. You know, just the whole, um, you know, one person kind of having all these resources to himself or herself or whatever. I mean, you know, I I'll say this and kind of let it be whatever. You know, last thing I say for this one, but um, you know, just the the vegetables we were cutting up tonight for the salad, and you were kind of um, we were talking about all the seeds in them. Oh wow! God yeah. has built. If you look at the way that God designed the world, abundance right, and plenty right. for all is built into the fabric of this world. Mm-hmm. It's built into this. So there, like you said, there is no reason for us to feel like, oh, man, well, you know, I got to hurry up and get mine, you know, because because, you know, I got to get everything I can get. So don't nobody else get, it. you know, it's like it's this enough for everybody. There's an, there, this there's this lie essentially that's kind of floating out there mm-hmm. you know it's essentially making us feel like we have to hoard you know but it's like you know we share you know if we we, we can share and we can still have plenty for ourselves it has a multiplying effect mm-hmm. it's like when you share with someone then it goes farther than it would if you kept it to yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, it's kind of even like I remember Pastor Johnson said a while ago that a seed has to die in order for it to give, bring forth new life. And that new life is far more abundant than what, um, than what it had before. Like mm-hmm. you, we had one cucumber today and we pointed out that that thing could plant hundreds. Yeah. Pr- hundreds of plants. Yeah. One cucumber can plant hundreds of cucumber plants that can then produce several cucumbers mm-hmm. which all produce hundreds more which yeah. all produce hundreds more but that one seed has to die in order for that to happen and so it's like a part of us has to die a part of our ambition our our aspirations yes, has good. to die in order for us to really see this fully abundant life mm-hmm. for everybody yeah it's really good that's really good that's really good yeah so yeah, we'll definitely pick up on this again. Um, I'm gonna have to marinate on that. I'm gonna really have to marinate on that. You know, I'm gonna be thinking about that tonight. But um, but yeah. Anyway, um, y'all, you know, hope, hope hopefully this has sparked something in you if you hadn't really thought about community um to this level before. And if you are already on this, then hopefully we kind of like push you a little bit to kind of you kind of like push that longing on the inside of you made it a little stronger. Um, because we need it y'all you know please you know listen to this again make sure you listen to the next episode where we talk about this stuff share please share um your shares will ensure that this reaches more people you know there's more people who are thinking about community which is exactly what we need okay so don't forget to share it particularly go to itunes make sure you share it make sure that you rate and review it on itunes as well we would really really appreciate that yes we will Mm -hmm. all All right. right All right, y'all. Y'all be blessed and see you next episode.